This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the uh, piney woods of North Central Florida, God's country, in the manly Warthog Man Cave. In the Mellon Law Studio, the only official law firm partner of the <clears throat> Fighting Gator. Well, well, well. They're going to have to fight LSU soon. We'll see how yeah. much that has. We've got Ted Yoho with us today. He's traveling worldwide, and he's going to explain why and uh, all the above. We also have been protected, as always, by crime prevention 24-7, 365, and sponsored by the great sponsors you see Scrolling by the screen here, and we wish them well. Always patronize those who patronize us. We are trying to bring you an informative program, a little bit entertaining now and then, and also one that you uh, find maybe a little bit ahead of what you're going to hear later on today. Um, Ted last week sent me an article, which we put on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. And basically, I went over a little bit of this yesterday in prepping you for our conversation. It is now out of fashion, of course, to have anything to do with colonization, which, of course, infers Christianity, because Christianity was the Protestant Reformation, uh, the Enlightenment, a whole bit when man became uh, kind of the master of his own choices because he could read. And, you know, King James made the Bible so that we could read it. And that has now become, oh, evil, evil, evil. And Ted and I were talking before we came live on the air. There's always been a colonizer. And, you know, I know Ted knows this from being a veterinarian. There's always going to be an alpha dog. I mean, that's the way it works. And we have abdicated our role as alpha dog. What I take from all this, Ted, when I've been reading what you've said and what else I've looked at, is we have gone into an area which is very dangerous, appeasement, where we just think we can get along to get along. Iran is not going to be bad if we stop calling them bad. And, you know, those guys didn't really mean to be as nasty as they were when they went after the Jews at the picnic, uh, they were just misunderstood. You know, maybe we should do with them what we do with the homeless and the hungry on the streets yeah. of San Francisco. Huh? Just go ahead and give them the needles, huh? Yeah, that's worked out real well, hasn't it? That's worked out real well. So yeah. that's where we are today. I'm looking at our chat line. If you want to ask a question or make a reaction, uh, be free to do it. We'll pass it along. Uh, Ted, that's my little preempt for what we're going to do. Sure. Uh, you pick up on that because you first sent me, if you would, sir, uh, it's a hatchet job on your new chair. 
Who's it he? Is. Nice guy. Well, and it's coming out of political, and there's two, uh, they call them rags up in D.C. I guess that's the jargon for uh, newspapers. Uh, they call them rags. Well, there's the political, which is really, really liberal, and then the hill, which is somewhat conservative. And uh, this article in the political just hit me. Um, the lady, um, uh, the historian, Kristen Cobes uh, Demez, who claims she's a historian, and then she's stacking another guy that claims to be a historian. And it's an attack on Mike Johnson. And you're talking about colonization. You know, those things happen in time. Um, you have to go back to the time when they happened. Were they right or wrong? Of course, by today's standards, they're probably wrong. Uh, but they happen, and we have to move on from that. And, uh, you know, I look at the United States. Yeah, we colonized some areas, but we also gave areas back. Um and, uh, you know, we moved on from that. Uh, and the world needs to move on. We're in a different area, and you can't ever go back. That's the thing I think you and I, you know, at our advancing age, years, <laughs> that we can't go back. But this article, um, you know, I sent it to you just to show the disingenuous or the, 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 the skewing from truth and moving people away. And this is how things get supplanted into the society of, you know, uh, of saying something and then making that the, the, the uh, majority feeling and opinion of people. And this lady is way off on here. And it starts off as he seems to be saying his commitment is, is to minority rule. And this is a, a historian, and she's talking about Mike Johnson, the newly elected Speaker of the House. The line that caught the attention of Kristen Kobe, a historian who specializes in evangelical Christianity <laughs> politics. The idea that America is founded on a creed is a comment among uh, evangelicals, and it was assigned to her that Johnson adheres to a worldview that can be described as a Christian nationalist. And uh, it's just funny because she goes in here, he believes in the United States, he believes in the Constitution, and he's a Christian, so therefore... He is a Christian nationalist that somebody that has to be watched and monitored because, you know, no telling what's going to come out of that. You know, they may just espouse that marriage is between a man and a woman, um, you know. And, and the thing that gets me, and this is something I've had um, uh, Elizabeth Warren say the same thing, a Harvard or wherever, whatever Ivy League school she's out of professor, saying that we are not a demo- we are not we are a democracy. And uh, this lady goes into uh, (laughs) saying the thing that really kind of irritated her. Um, She says, noticing I've listened to his speeches and that he is explicit about describing this country as a republic and not as a democracy. Well, he's absolutely right. And it's like I sent to you. If if you go onto the CIA website or the FBI or the U.S. government website, or any dictionary, and you say, what form of government does the United States have? They all say a constitutional republic. Even Wikipedia gets this right. And it's funny because Wikipedia is so slanted to the left, but they get our form of government right. And so this lady, Elizabeth Warrens and people like this, we're not a constitutional republic to them. We're a democracy. And uh, Mike goes on to say what Ben Franklin says, we don't live in a democracy because democracy is two wolves and elite, uh, a lamb deciding what's for dinner. You know, the lamb always loses in that uh, on that menu choice. 
And, and so that's what democracy or Democrat meant during the founding of this country. It was a bad term. It was uh, associated with mob rule and things like that. So it wasn't very favorable. And the way our Constitution was set up, and this is really funny because this is where she really gets this wrong. And it says, she goes on, meaning that uh, after he said that uh, democracy is two wolves and a sh- uh, lamb deciding what's for dinner, meaning the country is not just a uh, majority rule, it's a constitutional republic. And the founders set it up that way uh, because they followed the biblical ad- admonition on what a civil society is supposed to look like. And I think, she goes, I think that's really important here. His commitment is not to democracy. His commitment he is not, com- he, 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 let me re- rephrase it. Um, his commitment is not to democracy. He's not committed to majority rule. He seems to be saying he's committed to minority rule. If that's what it takes to ensure that we stay on the Christian foundation and the found that the founder set up. Now, the way the founder set this up, and, and uh, James Madison was great about explaining. You know, in a in a in a majority rule, you get the the, the lamb being eaten by the, the wolves, and it had to have a way to protect the minority. And they worked so hard to put in place uh, how do you protect the minority's interest? And you have to have that if you're going to have a majority of people thinking one way. You have to look out for the minority. And they went overboard to make sure the minorities were taken care of in the founding of the documents. And Mike is that same mindset. And so for this lady to attack him, number one, saying we are not a constitutional republic, we're a democracy. Well, we use a democratic process to elect our leaders, but then we have a constitution that protects those rights. And, uh, you know, thank God they had the common sense put the, the, the amendments in there in the Bill of Rights. And, um, you know, so this lady is espousing that we're a democracy, not a constitutional republic. So that's the narrative they work on. Christian nationals are very toxic and they're dangerous. But again, and she's denying that we are founded on Christian (laughs) principles and that our founders never intended that. And it's just so ridiculous for her to say she's a historian and and attacking that when it just shows her ignorance. And uh, if she has a degree in history, I think they need to revoke that. Uh, But this is the kind of stuff board that gets out there that, the left, the universities, and they start teaching people that we're a democracy. And Elizabeth Warren said uh, she was arguing that Trump was a threat to our democracy and our democratic principles. Well, the country wasn't founded on democratic principles. It was founded on we hold these truths to be self-evident and our core values. No, we're all created equal. And those aren't democratic principles. Those are biblical principles, and they are constitutional principles that America was founded on. And, um, you know, but these people are in power and they're teaching, you know, Elizabeth Warren, I think she was Harvard, a Harvard professor. And you can see how dangerous this is. And then that article you sent me about Victor David Hansen on, um, on uh, what's going on with Hamas and Israel. Now here you have, you know, there, there's been relatively peace in that area, you know, um, compared to what it's been in the past. Of course, now that piece is gone. And I think 20% of the people working in Israel are Palestinians and they get along fine. And I've been there. I don't know if you've been there, but they get along fine. They work, 
uh, you know, and you would not know there's any um, any conflict between those two two groups of people. But um, what happens is Hamas being chided by Iran, China, and other organizations, Turkey, Russia, they go in there and they kill, you know, thousands of people, beheaded people, and then they retreat. Israel retaliates. And the narrative is Israel is doing genocide. And it's so, it's just, they've got to, they've got to be called out because they are bad, but they're responding to a very tragic, a very barbaric incident that the Palestinians did. And the world sympathy is pushing towards the Palestinians that caused this and did these um, hyenas things. And they need to be called out and they want to attack Israel for protecting themselves. And so these are the narratives that are going out there at the college campuses. And you're seeing this around our, not just our country, but around the world that people are sympathetic to the Palestinians and uh, Prager university put out a great, uh, you know, five, 10 minute article uh, video on how many times there's tried to be a two state solution to the Israeli Palestinian conflict, you know, and how they try to get a two-state solution every time the Palestinians um, would not accept it. And then I found out in an article I read that uh, Yasser Arafat was uh, sympathetic to uh, communism and was big friends with the Chinese leaders and how they talked about the the Communist Manifesto, of course, um, that's what China follows now through the Chinese Communist Party, it's all Marxism and, and Leninism. They follow that, and that's their inspiration. So you've got these people that are communist-controlled attacking Israel, and we're supposed to be sympathetic to them for what the barbaric things they did. And that's how the world view gets skewed and, and tilted, and it's, it's not reality. And I think David, uh, Victor David Hansen pointed that out very well in that article. I think Victor Davis Hansen is one of the best minds we have right now. And he's a classic uh, uh, war strategist, historian, and he's an agrarian. He's a country uh, country boy. Yeah. Uh, he's everything from the point of view of the agrarian and gives a, a very special kind of flavor at what he does because there's darn few of them around that even know what the word means. But, you know, a couple of things strike me, too, about this is uh, we've got a Barack Obama, a Barack Obama, who sat in a so-called Christian church, right, right, with a so-called Christian minister, who used the GD phrase in the church, let alone use the phrase "period," um, saying publicly right now that we're all complicit. And what does that do to any kind of stance you would take which would confront evil? What Obama is saying is, oh, there's no such thing as evil. There are only a set of circumstances where people are trying to do the best they can with a hand they've been dealt. Right. Oh, really? Are you telling me that there's nothing like evil? And a lot of people don't think there is, Ted. But that is one of the basic 
components of theology and certainly Christianity. How could you have a light without a dark? How can you have a good without a bad? And we learn that from as, as young people. I mean, I, I, you know, I learned it. I mean, that's the way you make sense of the world. There are people, and you have a, you have a choice then to do the right thing, sure. which was the real attractive. I, I studied it as a very interesting study that was given to me by one of the guys. I deliberately took a lot of theology classes. And one of the interesting things, Ted, about how quickly Christianity took over from the Roman Empire. Now, listen, this is a huge change. It takes over in about 100 years. And one of the differences, Ted, fundamental differences, is that the Greco-Roman world saw time as circular. It came back to the place from which it started. Ecclesiastes. Right. The hastens to the place from which it came. Christianity saw it as linear. And that you could progress and right. leave behind the mistakes you made in the past. Whereas Greco-Roman, you're just going to repeat them. Yeah. You're just going to repeat them with different places and different names but you're never going to stop making them. Right. Well, it's like in the beginning of the, of the program with Zach, before we went on air, we were talking about good versus evil, uh, um, you know, those things. Those and, masks, yeah. Yeah, those masks, you know, tragedy and comedy. I mean, those things are, they, they, that's the circular. Those things are just repeating themselves. To get out of that, I, I agree with you, linear progression is something we should do, and we should advance as a society. But you think about what the Palestinians did to the Jewish people going in there, uh, pillaging, cutting off heads, raping, uh, necrophilia, uh, and recording that, putting that out there. We haven't progressed um, in that sense since the beginning of mankind. But we should progress, and uh, that's where America comes in as leading that, you know, along with other Western um, or liberal democracies, I'll say. Well, I thought it was very interesting that that work, I never thought of it that way. Why You were yeah. talking about a huge, huge change in the way culture addresses itself, you know. Yeah. And it gets, it, gets, it gets started and it gets going and it's uh, uh, appealing to people because there is a way of looking at our lives differently from the way that world looked at it. And that world, as we know, was very barbaric. I mean, it was uh, enormous brutality in that Greco-Roman world. And yeah. it uh, it becomes mitigated somewhat by the Christian, of course. But the interesting thing was the very short period of time uh, in terms of human events. Turning a culture on its heels like that in 100 years, yeah. that's pretty big. That's big time. You know, we haven't been able to escape the past here and I'm speaking particularly now about the Civil War in over a hundred years. Yeah. That war stopped in the 1860s, right? Yeah. Well, the 1960s, and now we're almost, if you want to talk about it in that frame of reference, to the 2060s. And we're still probing that sword. And we can't, and we misuse it, we misquote it, 
Nobody's alive who was in it. So it's now it's become ter- terribly misrepresented. So you only have but the sins of the past generations on the people of this generation. And you brought that up about Obama. Um, here, here was a guy that was a, a know-nothing senator. He was a community organizer. He had one of the worst voting records in Congress. He, he voted present more than he voted yay or nay. And uh, he gets elected president. And we know his background is different than his narrative. He says he was married in a Christian church, but he, we know he's Muslim by his books. If you read his books, you know, he says, if it comes down to a conflict between uh, my Muslim brotherhood and the rest, I'm going to side with my, my Muslim um, brotherhood. And, you know, so here is a guy that came in denouncing America's greatness. Just he had this bitterness and that stems from his father's hatred of this country that he took on. And, um, you know, you look at how much change you're talking about. A hundred years was fast to go from Greco-Roman to Christianity. Um, how, how fast that was, you know, think of today with the Internet, social media, all that stuff. When Obama announced in 2009, right before his inauguration, we're going to fundamentally change America. Look at how fast we have changed since that statement. And the thing, it's kind of like China. I want to applaud China's success. But I sure don't like it because it's been at our expense and the free world's expense. Obama has become very successful in fundamentally transforming America. And he's got his his puppet in there now with the Biden administration, which is basically his. You know, you look at these universities, they all have their um, diversity, um, equity, inclusive officers in the universities that are being funded by the American taxpayers. Nobody voted on that. It was just something done via executive order or through the Department of Education. And so these things are happening right in front of us. And it's that same change that happened when you were saying the Greco-Roman went into Christianity or went from Roman uh, thought and, and thinking into Christianity and how quick that happened. Think of the light speed it's going at now. And this is something, and this is why your, your show is important to inform people. This is happening now and it has to be stopped Ideally, if we could do it in a peaceful way, which I think we all should strive for, and I think the best way to do that is to make sure we elect people that will stand up. And if they don't stand up and do the things to keep this country on the congressional or constitutional republic path we were on, even though we have swayed over the last 75 to 100 years away from that, um, we need to throw those people out of office and get new people. And, you know, we all have to become engaged in this. And it's just so important. In fact, that article you sent me on Victor David Hansen said the whole idea with the universities was to educate a well-rounded populace so that they understood of what our country is founded on. We don't have that now. I mean, we're teaching wokeism, diversity, um, equity, and inclusion and all that. And it just goes against the, the founding of this, pro- of this country. And that's why we're in the state that we are in now. And um, I got an interesting newsletter from uh, Hillsdale about the transgender culture war. I don't know if you've seen that. I, 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 I donated to Hillsdale. It's a pretty newsletter and talking about how this all came about. And it's the same thing that happened with Black Lives Matter. How did that movement come about? Um, it just, I mean, it just showed up. When you read how the founding of that, how it showed up, 
it makes perfect sense. And it's a plan and it ties into the fundamental transformation of America, the Saul Alinsky's and flower pivots and all that. And so we are here experiencing this. And the question is, how much more of this do you want? Well, and people don't understand how insidious it is. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, a story, uh, Ted, that I never would have thought of. And you know me, I'm never wrong. And I think of everything. Um, Har har. Notice that about you. Yeah, you noticed that, didn't you, my brother? Well, museums. Now, this is a quiz for my students. What in the heck have museums got to do with fundamental changing America? Well, the museums are depicting now things that criticize the colonization. Right. And so you see those products of that age by those great artists removed or in some cases actually vandalized by these young students. And where did they get it? They got it out of their classrooms. Right. So that tells that these universities, and I was in them, and, you know, I I was an outsider, and yet they kept electing me president of the Senate because they realized they wanted to get anything done. I was the guy who get it done. Those little guys couldn't get anything done. You know, they couldn't get anything done, Ted. Well, you know what's uh, funny? You're, you're, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead and finish that. It's your no, program. Yeah, I'm listening. You know what's funny is when I was in Congress, we had the for-profit universities come in because the Obama, the Obama administration was going after them, saying that they were scamming their students because their students would get a degree and didn't live up to the the income standard that they said they would make as being a lawyer or whatever. You could apply, and so they're going after these for-profit universities trying to shut them down. Whereas you look at the state-run universities, it's so funny because how many people get a degree and they never use that? And so that same standard they're attacking these, they could use for the University of Florida. You know, how many people do you know that have got, have a, a degree in psychology or, you know, um, of animal science and they're not working in that field? So that university was bad. They lied to them. They said, you're going to get a, a job in this field. And, and it's a lie. And that's the way government uses their clout and authority to push people away that doesn't buy into that. And so then you get this more liberal slanted that feed the students that come out and say, we're going to cheer on the Palestinians for cutting off these heads because they've been oppressed by the Israelis all this year. Um, it's just crazy. Well, let's, we not forget also, let's not forget also that at the University of Florida Law School, now, this was the last time I checked, and I was pretty well um, connected there for a while. Yeah. There was only one Republican law professor. Really? One. I, I can tell you his name. And uh, I was amazed. The University of Florida Law School is filled with the College of Liberals. I mean, it, it teaches the lawyers how to behave like these people are behaving in New Yorker chasing Trump, which, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. What, what, what does the world think when they watch that? I mean, and all that is, here's what I've decided about that. Once again, you know, I'm never wrong. They don't, that judge and that Letitia James, they don't expect to win. 
they expect to tie Trump's hands so he cannot campaign. Right. And then, of course, once they come down with this kangaroo court decision, right, we have to appeal it. Oh, yeah. And then that's going to go through another mechanism. They don't I, they can't possibly think they're actually going to put him out of business in New York. I mean, that's well, maybe they do. Maybe they do. I don't know. But they want to tie him up so long that he just kind of goes away. Look what they did to Mike Lindell from my pillow. I mean, they pretty much busted him. And this is what they do. And their goal with Trump is to do the same thing. But they blame him of insurrection. But if you go back and watch um, um, a plot against the president and some of these other documentaries, you see where the left, the deep state, went against Trump because Trump was the one that was going to keep him in check. And the conspiracy, it's not a conspiracy. It's what really happened. And, um, you know, um, yeah, we are in very interesting times, not just in America, but in the world. Um, Anyways, I know you're close to a break. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're going to take a break. I'm just looking at my chat line here. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to take a break here uh, with Ted Yoho. Um, Come back with Ward's weather in just a moment, and we'll uh, continue to really what we end up doing is pursuing the list that Ted came up with that I think is about as solid as can be. Obamization of America, the debt, the borders. I got a theory on these borders too, Ted. I'm going to run by and we get back, and why I think it's you know why it's being deliberately done. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott in just a moment. All right. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Thursday, November the 16th, come celebrate the release of our Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, Lugo's Risky Rum. This exclusive release features a special spread of our farm-to-table food, rum cocktails, raffles, and a meet and greet with me. Each ticket includes a bottle of Spurrier Single Barrel Select Risky Run. And I'll sign the bottle if you'd like. So get your ticket before they sell out at Spurriers.com. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, 
Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to uh, Ward's Weather Report, brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Stations, Fossil Fuel. Got to have it. People are rebelling up these electric vehicles. They don't work. Come on. They're too expensive. Come on, what kind of crazy idea? I know for darn sure they don't work in a tractor, and I can't see how they can work in an 18-wheeler. Oh, well, who am I? But yeah. we've got <laughs> we've got weather here in our part of the country that is delightful unless you want some rain. And That's right. There is no rain, so once again, I'm getting a lot of uh, requests for, you know what, the oh naked rain dance. Oh, yeah, the naked rain dance. So i got to tell you. Maybe time to do that. Might be time to do that. The full Monty, go ahead and go for it. Yeah, we may have to do it. We desperately need it. Now, up in the Northeast, they're going to get a mixture of snow and ice and rain, but that's the Northeast. They deserve it, right? But we don't have it down here, so we'll see what happens. I did not do the naked rain dance in the Northeast. Okay. You didn't do it up there? Well, you can't no, I didn't blamed. do it up there. So blame. I didn't do it up there. Well, well, well. We are here talking with Ted Yoho, and uh, we have been uh, discussing the hatchet jobs that done on basically conservative people, Christians, white. And, Ted, here's my theory about the open borders. Now, you have to go back to the premise, at least entertain it, that the one pulling all the strings is Obama. Yeah. And the Obamization of America is an ongoing process tied in with foreign money, globalization, uh, Soros, the whole bit, you name it. Uh, museums, universities, um, you didn't build that. and you know, You're complicit. You're part of the problem in the Middle East and all that. <clears throat> I think that the goal of Obamanization is to once and for all make the white person a minority. Sure. There's no make doubt the about Christi- it. Make the Christianity uh, no longer influential. And so leave the borders open because we're going to be people, quote unquote, of color coming in. And let the cities get in a state of chaos with crime because, after all, it is the white guy's problem that there's crime because he's the one that wrote the rules, right? And he's well, the one exactly huh? what that, that article says. I mean, everything stems back to we set up the rules for our benefit. Yeah. So yeah. I think what that's about 
is deliberate. It's planned. It's financed. How, why else would you have a president who would deliberately sit there in the Oval Office and let it go on? I mean, I don't get it. Unless, no, go ahead. no, go ahead. That's, that's my thing. That's my hypothesis. So, well, no, unless it was designed to do that. And see, when people like you or me say they're diluting our population, they're like, "Oh, you're being um, uh, uh, xenophobic. You're against immigration. You're racist. You're this and that." And you think we're doing this just to make you less of a majority? And well, I'm not. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. But they blame us of attacking them and saying, "Oh, you think we're just trying to dilute you?" Well, I, I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. But that's exactly what you're doing. And then they 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 put the blame on us and say, "Oh, they're xenophobic. They're anti-immigration. They're racist." But they know exactly what they're doing. They're diluting our, uh, our the vote of the majority, and they don't want a majority. They want everybody. Equal, we're all equal, right? You know, it doesn't matter how hard you work or what level of education you got, that we're all equal. And this is by design. And this is the thing, you know, it's, you've heard, I know you know, we've talked about it a thousand times about how, how, how do you cook a frog? You know, you can put him in warm water and turn up the heat slowly. He doesn't know he's getting cooked. Or you can throw him in hot water. He knows he's getting cooked. Doesn't matter. Either way, the frog gets cooked. We are getting cooked. And when I say we are getting cooked, I mean what America stood for for 200 and some years. Um, you know, the constitutional republic we are, the principles, the founding, uh, our core values, those are being attacked every day, whether it's the transgender movement, the woke movement, the immigration crisis that we have, the debt we have on our borders, not um, uh, preparing our country for the ultimate war we're going to have. Um, not working on our supply chain. These things are all done purposely to bring America down. And I don't understand what their end result is because they think if we collapse, that they can run in there and create this utopian society, socialist Marxist society. And you brought up how they're trying to get God out of everything. And this uh, imprimis newsletter from Hillsdale said that the transgender movement is moving against um, what they call the conservative God's law, nature's law, and that they want to supplant that with this man-made that a, a woman can be a man or vice versa, or you can be anything you want, because nature and God don't matter anymore. We're higher than that. Now, if you think of that, look at the Chinese Communist Party. Their doctrine says there is no higher entity than the Communist Party. That's their God. And so the role of people are to serve the Communist Party. And it's the Communist Party that is doing the mass extermination of the Uyghurs. They got them in the re-education camps. They're raping their women. They're getting rid of their uh, their property. Uh, they're making the Muslim men shave their beards, and they can't read uh, their any religion. They're going after the Christianity religion there, all the religions. Uh, they have forced organ harvesting of one of the sects, the Falun Gong, which is a peaceful movement that had 90 million subscribers to that. China was threatened by that. The Communist Party was threatened by that. So they're doing today forced organ harvesting on these people. And if you have the kidney that this guy needs, they're going to take yours out. If they need your other kidney, they're going to take that out and you die. 
Um, this is going on in China today. Yet we still buy and do trade with China. I don't understand why the, the free world doesn't say, oh, we're done with you. We want nothing to do with you. And in the Wall Street Journal article today, it says China, Russia claims the moral high ground over the Gaza deaths. You know, so now they're they're being praised for their support for the Palestinians. But yet they're the ones that are behind all this and that left movement that Obama is in. They want to supplant America with the moral high ground that we have and supplant it with no no God, you know, no constitutional rights. And, um, you know, it's a dangerous situation we're moving into. And these are the things where conflicts break out. And it's going to be interesting to see how these court cases go with Trump, you know, on the fraud up in New York and then all these uh, those five states trying to keep them off the ballot. If that's going to happen, if that does happen, I think you're going to see mass riots, you know, like we've never seen before. But anybody that comes out as a MAGA supporter is going to be uh, marked as a domestic terrorist. But yet you got these people doing the same thing that the January 6th did, um, uh, the Palestinians uh, um, uh, protests all over the country and up at the state, uh, at the nation's capital in D.C. And they're just uh, free speech people. They're just giving their free speech. Well, you know, um, I'm listening very carefully to what you said. You know, they're very, very good. The behavior of the government, I was best, I'm going to have a really interesting guest scheduled for a week from Friday. Uh, this lady, uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I have to be able to protect her, uh, was a teacher in China for four years. Uh-huh. A re- very bright woman has agreed to come on the show and talk about China. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I'm going to say something she said. We've been talking privately about this, setting it up. She says that the people are wonderful. But yeah. the government, the government, you don't dare utter one single whisper of any government criticism or you disappear. That's it's exactly. not a matter of being put in time out. You disappear. You do. Look at the high-ranking people that have disappeared. You know, you don't hear about them dying. They disappear, which they're either in a, a, a their version of a gulag or they have been executed. Um, yeah, she is absolutely right. The people are wonderful, but the people are petrified. They don't dare say a word. The Communist and- Party advocates you join the Communist Party for all citizens. There's over 90 million members of the Communist Party, and I've talked to people from China, you know, like this lady you're talking about. Um, people will sign up to be card-carrying members of the Chinese Communist Party. But as far as adherents that believe into that, it's about 20%. Um, or maybe it was 50%. But they do it just because it's easier to go along to get along. You know, I'm yeah, a communist. Yeah. My card. Here's my card. I'm a communist. And uh, it's we saw this with Nazi Germany. Uh, we, it, with all oppressive regimes, the only way they can stay in power is through intimidation, doing things like she said, you disappear. 
and it gives that fear factor to everybody around you. And you know what? Our government's doing the same thing. If you were at January 6th or you raised a voice in Virginia about the way your kids are being taught, you're a domestic terrorist. So they're doing the same tactics in this country. And we have the same technology China does. China just uses it in the government and they use it to control their citizens. It's a good citizen score that they use. Um, and we're at that same point in this country. And that's why it's so important that we get away from the, the Marxist people that want to call themselves Democrats. They're not Democrats. They're Marxists or communists. And, um, you know, you just look at who's funding these people that are winning these elections. These people are communists. And back in the 50s, the McCarthy era, Joe McCarthy, not Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know, they went after the communists because we had fought a world war and, you know, um, the Korean War over communists. Not not so much communism in the World War II, but, um, you know, the Russians were right there and we became not real close friends after the World War. Well, um, we had a textbook when I came here at the university in yep. 1961, Americanism versus Communism. I remember it well. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a one of the C courses institutions. So um, how do we get people to pay attention and get more involved and more engaged in what we what we're talking about? People well, have to get out there and and just demand these things. You know, uh, to to complete the thread that you, you you were going down there, I think that's the goal of the Obamization of America. Oh, it is is to get rid of the Constitution. Or get it so so it says what you wanted to say, and uh, replace it with a secular god, if you will, which is the government. Yeah, and make the government the albeit authority, and then control the government by turning against its own people, which already happened with the FBI. I looked yesterday at the history of Trump, 2016, with Strzok struck. They already had he and Lisa Page. They already and Brennan. They already had a plan. That was the government, the highest institutions of trust. That was our government against our people. Now this guy, you can say what you want to about Trump. A lot of people just don't like him. Seventy-six million people do. Yeah, you know. Oh, so, so he gained more respect in his tenacity to fight. Um, you know, I think that would have wore down anybody, but. He's one of those guys that he's a fighter and uh, I just don't see him backing down and they can't tolerate him getting back into office. Um, And uh, I hate to think that they would do something like an assassination, but we've seen that in the past, you know, when it doesn't go the way of the people controlling things, whether it's the bankers or the uh, military industrial complex. The mafia, I don't know what it is, but we've seen it with Kennedy. We saw him shoot Reagan. We saw him shoot at other people and, um, you know, Bobby Kennedy, um, you know, and so those things can happen. And Trump is the biggest threat to what the people that put Obama in office. uh, He's their biggest threat. And uh, if he gets back in there, it will be a game changer. I think you'll see some radical changes in this country and it's going to be ugly. But it's like Xi Jinping, you know, he's preparing his people for war. And he said, you should get used to uh, and embrace bitterness, you know, and tough times because they're coming. So he's preparing his people. What are we doing? You know, we're wanting you to hug everybody and, and uh, 
embrace the, the Palestinians. You know, this thing I brought up about China and Russia claims moral high ground. The, the top line says the bloody war in Gaza is enabling the two repressive autocracies to harness a wave of sympathy for the Palestinians and to position themselves as champions of humanitarian values and peace. Give me a break. It's Russia and China. Look what Russia did to the Ukrainians. Look what China is doing today, every day, harvesting organs from live people that did not give their consent. And their humanitarian values and peace are getting recognized, champions of that. You know, tell me we're not screwed up in, in society or in the world. We got a it's, question. Uh, does the it's, censorship it's and tragedy, the masks? I yeah. mean, that's right there. Does the censorship of Talib have any weight? No. Did they did they go ahead and censure her? I think they did censor her, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. It does. And the fact if they follow through, you censor her. So she can't do the floor speeches, things like that. If they take it a step further and pull her off her committees, she's kind of a non-voice. You know, when I had my, my thing with uh, AOC, Kevin McCarthy said they're going to censure you and your Republican colleagues are going to vote against you because an election's coming up. And they don't want to be sided with somebody that's viewed as a misogynistic, you know, pig, uh, which I'm not. But that's another argument or another discussion. And he goes, when they censure you, then they're going to move to strip you of your committees. And he goes, and that, that'll pass for the same reason. And then they'll move to strike the record. Anything you've ever done in Congress, recognize somebody's 100th birthday or 50th anniversary, that's all removed. It was like you were never here, Ted. That'll be your legacy. And so and how much, if, how much if, of that came true? Well, if I if I did not do that apology, that all would have come true. And it was funny because when I did that, oh, it was painful. God, it was painful. Um, and I did an apology without apologizing because I never said that to her. Steny Hoyer said, um, I accept the man's apology. Uh, I think he was very sincere and earnest. Of course, then the squad got on him and he, re- he recanted that. <laughs> it was so funny, that poor guy. Uh, here's a guy that's been waiting his whole life to be speaker, and he's nothing now. I mean, he's been there for a long time. But, um, but that's what they'll do. That's what the Democrats would have done. Will the Republicans follow through and do that? We'll have to see. That'd be interesting. Yeah. It will be. But you know what? I'd rather see them spend more time on our borders, on our debt, and how what we're doing to defend China. What are we doing to secure our um uh, critical minerals. What are we doing to uh, on our supply chains? What are we doing to make America stronger in that? What are we doing to get our debt under control? I'd rather see them forego that other stuff and focus on this. What are we doing to secure our next elections? Make sure that there there is no fraud. Uh, if there was, which I I I feel they are. This is not Ward saying that. This is one of his. Huh. <laughs> well, they showed yesterday. I think some committee there. Um, ferreted it out that the government was using these social platforms uh, yeah. to control people like me. Yeah. Well, this started under the Obama administration. I'm sure it was going under before that. You go back to J. Edgar Hoover, how he was spying on everybody and he had the blacklist, you know, on the Kennedys, on Martin Luther King, on anybody that they thought was a threat. 
So this is not something new. It's just in today's world with social media, computers, and things like that. And then with an unchecked agencies like the CIA, the FBI, and these things that become autonomous from oversight, and they have a liberal slant to them, and then they coalesce together on this narrative that they're going that they're going to reform America from a constitutional republic to a more of a police state. Excuse me. Going with Ted Yoho here on uh, our Wednesdays with Ted. Um, it's a little dry right now. You may hear it. Um, the wife was sneezing and um, just went out to the, um, put out some mineral block and uh, came back in with a, a, you know, a little different uh, sound to us because uh, it was uh, it's very dry out there right now. Yeah, it is. It's very and, dry. And I'm going to have to do, I can see it coming. Uh, the, inevitably, the naked rain dance. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a list here that we have been talking about really each Wednesday that never seems to change because it's so well thought out. And it is uh, right there at the center of it is the Obamaization of America, which is not on people's minds a lot. They think that, oh, well, he's not the president. Right. Therefore, he's gone. No, that's not the way it's working. The philosophy that he embodies about America is even broader, I would argue, than it was when he first got in. <clears throat> right. Well, it's it's taken hold and it's gained steam. And again, you look at where we were in 2010 when he came in, was there was there the transgender issue? Was there the wokeism? Was there the ESG scores or the diversity scores and all that stuff? Um, none of that until he came in and said, we're fundamentally changing the nation. You know, we got away from paying attention to the things. And you heard me talk about triaging the patient that comes into the ER. You know, they've been, you know, they've got fractures and all these things and they're bleeding. You don't want to know what their COVID status is at that time, you know, before you do anything else. You want to take care of the immediate problems that are life-threatening. And in this country, we've got some life-threatening problems for the survival of this nation as we know it you know we're not a perfect nation again and you know you, because people like me are in it you know but we 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 strive as you brought up instead of that circularity that we saw from the roman days we had that progression and we've progressed a lot in the last 200 years in some areas other areas were falling behind and uh you know that's the, the, the unique thing that we have. And I'm going to South Korea tomorrow, I leave. And I'm going to go over there to talk about um, uh, U.S. foreign policy, things like that. But I'm also talking to um, a group of people to get them engaged in politics and what's important. And they have a, a democracy like ours, a democratic process, I should say. And they have a constitution that's been modeled somewhat after ours. And my talk is going to be the American experience and what it is and how it led to the American dream for so many people from all kinds of diverse backgrounds. And that's what they have their hands on if they control it and make it better for the next generations. And I think we've taken our eyes off of what we're passing on to the next generation. You get somebody like Obama that comes in and says it's bad, bad, bad what they did in the past. It was colonization. It was this. It was taking advantage of slaves. Um, and all that's probably true at some point. 
but that was the times that this this country was developed and we didn't invent slavery uh, and it's been around for thousands of years and I would venture to guess it's going to be around for thousands of more years in some form or shape. Um, the thing we want though is that book of uh, Chris Stewart's the the miracle of freedom the seven tipping points that saved the world is understand that the people like we're living in today, you know, out of the hundred billion people, the, the uh, anthropologists have predicted or uh, said that have lived on this planet, only forty, only four percent, four point five billion people out of that hundred billion have ever lived in some form of liberty and freedom like we experience today, and eighty percent of those are alive today. That's how rare what we have today, and that's why we should fight so hard to protect it. And you protect it by going to the polls, by becoming educated, listen to the programs like yours to get that word out there to understand what's at risk here. And, you know, it's one of those things, those old sayings, you don't realize what you had until you lost it. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be proactive and make sure we don't lose it. And I want to make sure my grandkids have it and their grandkids have it, the experience that we've had. Well, I can't think of anything to follow that with. I think that's a very good conclusion. We're down to the end of the hour, and uh, we'll spread this out over our network. Sure. And uh, we'll maybe make a conversation with you next Wednesday, uh, if possible. I'm sure you'll let us know, and we'll see how South Korea is. Um, I should be here next Wednesday. Uh, your guest, let me ask you, your guest that's going to speak on China, that Todd over there, when is she going to be on? A week from Friday, 17th. Okay, good. I'd like to listen to that. Maybe we can have a dialogue after that and kind of talk about what she said. Yeah, she's a very interesting person, very bright and um, um, energetic and and um, can tell a good story. And, you know, it, it'll be a, it'll be a pretty dynamic show. I'll have to just sort of get out of the way and let her go because she go. she is she's that good. So I've even thought of if it's as good as I think it might be, I might do a serial, do another one follow up show because um, that's an important subject. And again, people, China's, you know, half a world away, Um, you know, a a whole day's difference in our time zone. And um, so it's out of mind until you start buying something. Everything's made in China. And that should be a wake up call. Well, she spent four years right there. In yeah. the books, you know, as a teacher, she's in the exchange teaching program. Yeah, so, she's got firsthand experience. In. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know, keep you up to date on that. And right, uh, have a great week. You, you too. Thanks right, for buddy. listening. Thanks for paying attention, students, and not falling asleep on us in the back of the class with your hat on backwards. So have there a great go. day. Horton Hall Command Center out. All right.